Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I'm Gene Wilhelm, your host, and today is February 14th. That is the Feast of St. Valentine, as well as Ash Wednesday. And I heard this morning that this Ash Wednesday is falling on St. Valentine's Day. is the first time this has happened since 1945. So enjoy the uniqueness of the day. And it's one of those days where uh, I'm guessing that the folks that sell chocolates are having a little problem uh, selling chocolates to Catholics who have given up chocolate for Lent. Uh, Thaddeus and I were just talking a minute ago about giving stuff up for Lent. And, uh, yes, we were. Yes, we were. It, and uh, mine is more behavioral rather than foods, although I could stand to give up a few foods and perhaps uh, – Reduce the size of my girth. <laughs> I, I don't think of you as having. I don't think of you as rotund, Gene. I don't think you have to uh, worry about that. Well, I don't roll very well, if that's what it means. But anyway, <laughs> uh, there are many opportunities, and we were going to try to get you some of those, and we were unable to gather all that information uh, this morning uh, of opportunities today to go to. Uh, Holy, uh, Holy Saturday. I'm I'm trying to skip land altogether. <laughs> Ash Wednesday. Uh, it, and I don't know when they all are. I know that like St. Mary's here, where we're in the building at St. Mary's, uh, there are multiple opportunities. There's a mass today at noon, and there's always one at 530. And I believe there's one at 715. And there may be a there, I, there may be one on campus today, either here or at Blinn at noon. I don't know. I don't have the bullet in front of me. What I recommend that people do any of you who are interested would do is go to the church websites and find out what the time is at a parish that's convenient to you that has uh, uh, Ash Wednesday Mass and distribution of ashes at a time that's convenient for you. Yeah, or give, give your church office a call. Give, yes. Give the rectory a call. But yeah. don't do what some people do uh, on Christmas Eve. Ask what time the midnight Mass starts. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty self-evident question. Uh, not to all people. Self-evident answer, I mean. Uh, Lent is a very interesting time. Uh, and and uh, when you receive the ashes, there are two basic things that are talked about or that are given. It depends upon who is distributing the ashes. The one is, remember, man, that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And the other one is, repent and believe the gospel, which is the gospel reading for the son out of Mark, uh, first chapter of Mark, for the first Sunday of Lent. It is also uh, basically what John the Baptist said before uh, he was arrested. So Jesus reiterates what John the Baptist said to repent and believe the gospel. And that word repent, the, the Greek word itself is metanoia, and you may have heard that before. And the, the, the root meaning of that is to change your mind. And uh, to the, for the, the Greeks, that also meant to change your behavior. So it's, it's a turning around from where you are to get back where God wants you to be. 
and the gospel, uh, the word gospel, somehow in our lang- in our culture, uh, we don't always know what the gospel means. It's just we talk about the gospel all the time, but it means the good news. And in the go- in the gospel this Sunday, uh, you know, the time is fulfilled. The time of salvation is at hand. But today's first, a second reading t- is that out of First uh, Corinthians chapter five, and no, it's after uh, first verse of chapter six, where it says, "Today." Now is the appropriate time. Now is the day of salvation. And so what we have in Lent is an opportunity to be able to go through and do some things that make our life different going out. And rather than just giving up chocolate or Budweiser for Lent, I recommend, and there are a lot of pastors that recommend this, is that you find a behavior of yours that needs some correction, some maybe some sin or some habit that is bad and 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 I've heard a lot of talk the last week about doing the same thing that you do on the 31st of December making some resolutions and trying to do some things that will make you different and then don't don't do something that's impossible to do do something that you're capable of doing take us it it would be better to come out of lent with one small improvement than to fail at some large or many large improvements and uh, as I heard this morning uh, when I went to Mass, that, you know, if you give up chocolate or Budweiser, all that means is that you're going to splurge after you go to the um, Holy Saturday service or on Easter Sunday. And uh, so do something that's really different, that, that makes a difference in your life. Uh, there, and there are many opportunities to do that around here. And, and just know that God wants you to become a better version of yourself is what, what Matthew Kelly will tell us. He wants us to be the best version of ourselves, but to become the best version, version of ourselves, we have to become a little bit better version of ourselves on a daily basis. Yeah, I think a great way to start off uh, your Lent too, if you are a male listening to this po- uh, <clears throat> radio broadcast, coming up this Saturday, the 17th, in Austin is the Diocesan Catholic Men's Conference at... Um, St. Edward's in Round Rock. Is it St. Edward's? St. Williams. So, sorry, St. Williams in Round Rock. Excuse yes. me. St. Williams, St. Williams, St. Williams. Uh, just do a internet search for Diocese of Austin uh, Catholic Men's Conference and you'll get to their website and, and get all the detail information, but you can register there and they're going to have three tremendous speakers the one I'm the most excited about is Andreas Widmer. He was a Swiss guardsman. Mm-hmm. He guarded Pope John Paul II, and I'm looking forward to interviewing him and so, being so, able to talk to someone who had St. John Paul II talk to them. That's so very Red, exciting for Red me. Red Sea Radio is going to be at the conference, but we're not going to be. you're not going to be broadcasting the conference. We are going to be broadcasting for um, probably an hour on Saturday okay. around lunchtime. Okay. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Registration's still open. You can still go. I think there's going to be a carpool of men from St. Anthony's. I think there's a group of men going from St. Thomas. Yes, and at St. Thomas, you need to contact Ron Gay about mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. and I don't know who it is. It'd be probably Deacon uh, Michael, Mike at uh, St. Thomas or St. Anthony's. I mean, that would be fine. Mm-hmm. So I and I and I'm sure that wherever you are uh, within this listening area, that that you know somebody who will be able to. Uh, carpool there, and it, it's worth the trip. I've been once or twice. I'm not able to go this year, so. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. It's a just a wonderful way to get yourself in the 
focused spirit of of Lent. And uh, And be challenged. Mm -hmm. And what you will find is, I don't know how big it will be this year, but it'll be anywhere from like 650 to 1,000 men that are there, and which is an an aside in itself. Yep, yep. And I I believe that uh, the day starts with uh, Mass with Bishop Vasquez. He usually comes in and says Mass to begin uh, that's, the whole that's, thing. That's my understanding. And that's very special as well. Yes. So is there anything special going on here at Red Sea Radio that we need to talk about? No, we're sort of in a an exhale moment right now. Uh, we got through with our family retreat in January, and we're, we are getting... Uh, preparations are underway for Patrick Madrid to come to oh, yes. the benefit dinner in Waco. That's in April, but we've got a little bit of a breathing space uh, right now. Well, I've seen you uh, before you were getting ready for, when you were getting ready for the uh, family retreat, and you do need some breathing space right now, because <laughs> you're a little short of breath. <laughs> Thanks. Well, it was worth it, I think. No, I, my, I think my it was guest, really worth it. My guest this morning is uh, Dr. Corey Carbonara, who is at uh, Baylor University, and he has a very, it's a pre-recorded because of his schedule, and it's going to be very interesting. He's going to be talking about uh, basically about the infant of Prague and the uh, the devotion that his ha- family has had this for several generations and the miracles that occurred through the invocation of the infant of Prague. And with that, I guess it's time to go to a break. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Gene Wilhelm, and my guest today is Dr. Corey Carbonara from Baylor University, and uh, he has a, an interesting story to tell about something that is really good out of what's hand, handed down from generation to generation. His, inter, his intergenerational heritage is one that is very good. So often when we talk about something that's intergenerational, we're talking about the bad things that are passed down. And I'm very happy to have Dr. Corey Carbonara here. Uh, good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Gene. Thank you. It's so wonderful to be here. I, I, you know, we've been talking off and on for a couple of months about this, and it's it's finally here. And uh, we are having to pre-record this a week ahead of time because you are so busy at Baylor, particularly at the time when it's going to be broadcast. Well, I appreciate the accommodation for that. So thank you again. Your your history, uh, your secular history, I mean, we're going to talk a lot about the religious history that you have, but your secular history is very interesting, too. Uh, when I read your bio on the Baylor webpage, uh, you don't strike me as the type of person I would think that would be very devoted to, to Jesus Christ and his church and his people. Uh, the, the, the other people in the industry that you come from uh, don't often do that. Well, I, I've been extremely 
extremely blessed. Uh, my whole career has really been guided by the Lord. Uh, there's no question about it. And, um, you know, any blessing that I have, I know the root and, and the source of that blessing, and that's that's Jesus. And so, you know, it, it's been a very, very interesting and adventurous uh, type of career that I've already had. And, and uh, it's allowed me to um, use, you know, the experiences I've had in the industry and apply it directly to the area that I teach in, which is film and digital media here at Baylor. Yes. And that, that is so important these days uh, that that happens and particularly uh, for spreading the gospel in addition to all yes. the secular applications that it has. Absolutely. And that really is the, the, the you know, focal point for me personally, you know, in terms of applying um, all of the experiences I've had a chance to have and then allow that to be ushered together with the commission that we have to spread the good news of Jesus. So, you know, it's it's been remarkable to kind of see that unfold and to try to instill uh, ways in which story, which is so important, you know, our Lord used stories in terms of parables to help illustrate the, the truths of God. And so, you know, we are storytellers, and because of that, it's important to take the tools of the technology available in the digital age and, you know, use that, you know, for the glory of God. Now, what when, uh, what originally attracted me to to having you as my guest was your family heritage of devotion to the infant of Prague. Would you take us on a little bit of a journey of where that began and and how it was uh, handed down to you? Absolutely. Um, you know, this journey, and, and again, interrupt me at any time for clarity or questions, but, you know, it started really with uh, a tremendous devotion that my grandparents had, and I now know that their parents, so my great-grandparents had, uh, with regards to understanding the role of the saints to help instruct us, to help provide a mirror for us, to to emulate, to see how we can have that relationship with Jesus, how we can become more emptied, and so, you know, uh, allowing us to be filled with Him rather than ourselves, right? So, so um, you know, learning that history and getting a chance, you know, in the later years of my life to have more uh, talks with my great aunt, who, God bless her, she's going to be 95 this year, um, was even more revealing to me in terms of how deep um, this this faith that I come from, uh, you know, really was and, and is. And so, as an Italian-American, you know, I'm, I'm really the sort of second generation of, uh, you know, folks that were born here. My parents were born here, but my grandparents, you know, really had their roots in Italy. And, um, you know, um, especially my grandfathers. Now, my grandmothers were born here, but my grandfathers did. And so consequently, um, you know, in particular, this particular uh, devotion or understanding about the infant of Prague, the, the uh, idea that, you know, we have an opportunity to reflect and recognize how childlike we are supposed to go before our Lord and to, and to ask and appeal to him. You know, you have not because you ask not. You know, ask and it shall be given unto you, says our Lord. And so this childlike confidence is actually something that was handed down through all the generations. And I, I knew, um, you know, of the devotion that my, my grandparents you know, had, especially my grandmothers, when it really was evident to know that they had uh, images, uh, you know, pictures or, you know, of the Immaculate Heart of Mary or the Sacred Heart of Jesus that were, you know, displayed proudly in the house. And, you know, also the infant of Prague, that this little statue, uh, you know, that is a reflection of our reminder 
to, to really have this childlike confidence as we go to Jesus. Uh, you, you mentioned something to me that I really have to share on the air, and that is, you know, his most vulnerable is when he was a child. I mean, he emptied himself, as we know, you know, and, and emptied himself so, so robustly that, you know, he was very vulnerable and, and needed the protection of St. Joseph and, um, and needed, you know, the nurturing of his mother, our Heavenly Mother Mary. So, you know, these were really fostered into me, and especially, I think, being the oldest grandson, for some particular reason, that had um, even more bearing on me because I was the recipient of many, many stories about the saints, many, many stories about the, you know, you know, miraculous um, evidence of God's providence in our lives. And so that was seated at a very, very early age. And, uh, you know, I, I can start to talk a little bit about a story, how that related to my father, which really impacted me even more. And uh, the way that that starts is uh, we're talking about World War II now. And my grandmother on the paternal side, so my dad's mom, uh, basically um, shipped her two sons off to war, but uh, they had to have something in their in their pocket. And one of the interesting things about this, and I'll talk about it in terms of direct reflection on my dad, uh, there was this card that actually had been given to my dad by my grandmother um, in 1942. He actually uh, was uh, shipping out uh, of Chicago to be a replacement uh, for um, the, uh, the, the the fighting um, the 36th Division, which is the Texas Tea Patchers that we can see around town here in Central Texas. Um, they, this was the most decorated um, group of soldiers in World War II ever and from, in terms of their losses, in terms of the sacrifice that they gave to their country. And so my dad actually fought alongside as a replacement from Chicago, uh, those folks from Central Texas, from Belton, from Waco, from Hillsboro, from West, you know, I mean, every interesting thing about the coincidence, not, which I don't believe in coincidences, <laughs> but the providence of God where I'm here in Central Texas um, is, is not, uh, you know, something that I, I, I take lightly. I, I realize how even then the seeds of what would be a, a very important lesson for me were being, were being sought uh, and being, being grounded at the time. So let me just tell you the story. Um, so my dad goes off to, to war, uh, he was decorated with uh, three purple hearts, uh, but and also a brown star. But the, the reason why I want to do this story isn't so much about his heroism, which I'm very proud of, but it's about his submission to trusting with childlike confidence in the provision and the grace and the covering of the precious blood of Jesus over him that was called upon by his parents, by my grandmother, um, you know, every day of the time that he was in the war. So this card that you know was given has an icon of the you know the infant of Prague on one side and it has a a very wonderful series of three simple prayers uh, that really um, ask for a petition based on trusting, seeking, and having confidence in the intercession of our Holy Mother and in the petition that we bring before the Lord ourselves. And so um, my dad was um, in a situation where um, he told me the story. In fact, uh, Gene, when I was 12 years old, I went ahead and, um, you know, I had heard about, you know, this devotion, but I didn't really, really think about it too much uh, until I was 12 years old. And my dad 
popped in before bed one day and said, son, I want to talk to you. Um, this is the one and only time I'm going to tell you a very specific story about the war. Um, and he said, I'm doing it for a very particular reason. So he sat on my bed and began to tell me this story, which I would love to share uh, with uh, all your listeners. Please do. Okay. okay. So he comes in and he says, son, we were pinned down in uh, in France. We had uh, already liberated uh, Rome. We had liberated um, Naples, Sicily, and then Rome, and then we were heading into France. It was bitterly cold. We were pinned down in a foxhole, and we could barely feel our, our extremities anymore. And for 12 hours, as we started to bring our heads up, our uh, you know the snipers uh, from the enemy were were shooting at us, you know, vehemently. And he said it was really a standoff, though. And so um, he said, wow, I don't know if I'm going to make it out of this foxhole. And there were 12 um, men that were with him. He he was, you know, the 13th. And so he basically remembered the card and he pulled the card out because he kept it with him every single day. And he began uh, for nine consecutive hours to pray with childlike confidence, this powerful novena. And, um, you know, it's basically to be said at each hour for nine consecutive hours, and it's to be said for things of dire uh, and of, of, of great, um, you know, uh, resolve on the, pa- on the part of those who pray it. I mean, it's for things that, that seem impossible, for nothing's impossible for God. And this is what he told me. And then he said, so what happened is uh, we prayed that nine hours at about the 12th hour, three hours after that. He said he heard a small whisper of God's voice in his heart. And he said, the reason why I'm telling you this story, son, is because you need to trust the whisper of the Holy Spirit. You know, 1 Samuel 3, 9 says to, to Samuel, right, that the story of speak, your servant is listening. Um, and so my dad was telling me the story, but it, it reminded me of 1 Kings 19, you know, in the passages go from 9 to 14, which was read in the Holy Gospel not too long ago. And it's that the Lord is in the gentle whisper. And he said, I yes. want you to trust this whisper. And he said, here is the story. So I heard the whisper and basically my dad's name is Alex. And so I want to share his name with everyone. And, and the Lord said in his heart, Alex. I am going to use you now as an instrument of my peace, but you will be using this as an instrument to save the lives of these 12 men in this foxhole. You have a machine gun, which is the most powerful weapon uh, in defense of what is coming against you. I want you now to turn around and do not hesitate. And my dad did, and they were crawling. They were inches, of, you know, not inches, pardon me, that's not right, but they were feet away, you know. And so immediately uh, my dad started to defend um, and really with um, incredible strength, uh, supernatural strength really from, from the Lord um, and the holy angels, uh, he had, you know, hit, was hit with shrapnel uh, that, um, you know, went into his leg, but even with his leg bleeding and dragging, um, he defended, and uh, some of the men were able to crawl up. Some of the men basically were wounded. And my dad, you know, who had been so used to carrying 150-pound bags of flour on each shoulder. So, I mean, this guy was built. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. my dad was really, you know, he was cut. <laughs> and so it, for a time such as this, like we go back to Esther, right? And so it was nothing for him to lift. Uh, and, and again, with the help of the angels, and this is his words, right? He was able to to drag and bring these men, each one of them, to safety. 
And he said, son, the point of this isn't my heroism. The point of this is when I needed to hear from God the most, when my life depended on it, I was open and didn't question the small voice of the Lord. Well, I want you, son, to do this from now on. You know, when you go into 1 Samuel chapter 15, I believe it begins at verse 22, after Saul had been disobedient and offered the sacrifice himself because he wouldn't wait for Elijah, it says, obedience is better than sacrifice. Yes. Oh, absolutely. So, so true. And, you know, this began my journey, um, Gene, in terms of uh, the the power. I, I just felt the power that night of how powerful this was and then realized this legacy of how this had been handed down from generation to generation and that I, too, now needed to know that I had another tool. Now, let me be really clear. This is not a talisman. This is not a, a magic potion. Um, you know, what this is is something that Jesus is clamoring for from us in this incredibly busy world of, of all this hypermedia that we have, and that is to hear, to have time to listen, speak, your servant is listening, is what he's asking us to really do. And when we petition, because he wants us to petition, what we're simply doing is saying, Lord, I, like a child, are going to come to you now, and I am going to concentrate this amount of time, this nine hours of this day, for this particular need, which is very grave, which is, which is needing your intervention, but needing your will to be done. And so I'm going to care enough to do that, Lord, and I'm going to petition to you. And of course, this is in accordance with understanding that our Heavenly Mother prays with us. She prays with us in terms of her intercession to go before her son and also say, this is a petition that is coming in earnest from one of your children. You know, my son, here, hear this petition. And I, I can honestly tell you in my life, Gene, uh, there have been miraculous things yes. that I, I can definitely attribute, not just to the prayer of this novena, but to the providence of God. You know, one of the things that you, you, you said here uh, that, that most of us don't do, we can't pray because we don't, uh, we don't uh, eliminate or ignore uh, so much of the noise that's in our lives. Uh, and, uh, and for your father, it might have been the bullets that were going overhead. I mean, mm-hmm. but he stilled himself in that foxhole and prayed earnestly and prayed not so much for himself, but as for the other 12 men that were with him. And that that is so key that uh, that when we do pray, too often our prayers are very selfish and we just sort of slip it in, sort of like a commercial in between two parts of a, of a TV show. Oh, Gene, you know, you've hit it right on the head. You know, as a professor of film and digital media and being able to be in a Christian university, um, you know, integrating faith and learning is so essential. And so there's a course I teach, which is uh, Media and Society. And, you know, we have um, an opportunity in that course. It's a roundtable environment to really talk about this very specifically. You know, in terms of what the impact is with regards to what holds our attention and whatever's holding our attention the most, that's where our passion lies. And so, you know, for for our students, it gives an opportunity for, for me to really have them reflect interiorly 
you know, just in terms of what is your passion. Well, you know, Jesus said uh, in Matthew, I believe it's Matthew chapter six, uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Yes, absolutely. So for me, uh, Gene, there have been, you know, some very specific times in my life with my own family, with with my children, in fact, where um, there has just been a, a tremendous uh, response by by Jesus. Um, and I have to say, supernaturally, uh, to to really answer um, the devout prayer, uh, the sincere prayer from from the innermost part of me. And I've seen, as I've shared this this card, I've made multiple copies of this, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of copies of this, and have encouraged and have given this to to many people um, to really encourage them to to seek out the Lord, to trust him with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding as Proverbs 3, 5 says. And, and so, you know, uh, if you think that is of interest, I can, I can share one or two of those stories. Uh, uh, yeah, but, but uh, I'm going to interrupt for just a second, Corey. Uh, for those of you that are hearing this and saying, well, what is this, this novena? Uh, and where can I get a copy of this? I will tell you that the easiest way to do that is to Google Infant of Prague Novena. And if you do that, there will be several sites come up where you can get it, one of which is EWTN and Catholic.com. But you can get this novena. So if you hear something that really strikes a chord with you and you want to have this uh, novena in your arsenal of weapons against the evil one and all his minions who are trying to put us down, I would suggest that you do that. Google Infant of Prague novena uh, and and just go to one of the spots where you can pick it up. Okay. Go on. I'm sorry to yeah. interrupt. Oh, no, it's okay. I was just going to add to that, uh, Gene, that there are, are some really great tools, um, even using the, the smartphones that we have. Uh, IPATA, you know, is another one. Yes. There's EWTN, and there's uh, there's other um, instruments where um, they have these prayers, and this prayer is located there, too, so that's great. But but um, sharing um, a specific story or two, um, if, you, if, you don't, if you think that would be a good thing to do. Oh, yes. I, 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 you shared with me at least one of the stories when we initially talked, and I think it is so amazing that uh, I want you to share the one about uh, your unborn daughter. Sure. sure. Um, so one of the things to recognize is that um, when uh, uh, trying to have children and asking the Lord to bless us with children, um, you know, there had been um, multiple uh, attempts to do that. Um, but uh, uh, the, the children um, that I had, um, the two children I had before the, the specific daughter I'm going to talk about, um, were, you know, were not uh, brought to term. And so um, I have, uh, I, I call them two, two additional angels in heaven, you know, um, and, and so uh, the loss was great on those, but, but um, we um, persisted and, and believed and trusted that if the Lord wanted us to have um, children from him um, directly that way, uh, that it could happen and that we believed in that. Uh, and in addition, you know, obviously there's the opening for being able to have adoption, and we were looking at that. Well, we, it happens a lot, Gene, when some people start really looking at adoption and other means, uh, all of a sudden they become pregnant, right? <laughs> you know? and, and so that happened. And this particular time, uh, around the same uh, first of the, of the trimesters, right, the first uh, trimester, um, uh, my wife, you know, had literally uh, been uh, – 
having some distress. And so went into the doctor and then um, she, she happened to be visiting her sister in another state. But uh, I got the phone call and um, I, the baby, um, was, there were no signs of life. So this was the third, this would have been the third child now that, you know, would have uh, been taken to heaven before it had a chance to really be brought to term. That must and, have been very distressing for both of you. Oh yeah, absolutely, and and yet you know I, I was just in my heart uh, appealing to the Lord and said, Lord, I, I, I'm compelled. I, I accept your will as I did before, but I'm compelled to be like that that widow, you know, and the might and, and the judge, and you know, you know, to, to give you what little I have here of of my faith, but to say, Lord, I, I believe you can do anything, and I believe. I'm supposed to be the father of this child in, in a in natural sense here on earth. I, I don't know why, Gene, I was having such a compunction for that, but I did. And I said, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to go and with childlike confidence, I'm going to have my own nine hours uh, of, of praying and appealing to you hour after hour after hour. And I actually set the alarm uh, here in Texas so that I would, you know, every, even if I fell asleep, I would be awakened so I could do this you know, on uh, the hour for nine consecutive hours. I got a phone call about uh, 11 hours later um, because of the time difference, obviously, in California. And uh, all my wife said was, um, well, you're not going to believe this, but, and I knew what she was going to say. Uh, the doctor was absolutely wrong. He can't understand why the instrumentation of the ultrasound didn't work. Uh, he can't understand why the baby was motionless. He can't understand why all the, you know, everything, all the diagnostics that they did without getting into a lot of detail. But, but really what was you know, amazing is not only was this baby alive, but was moving and was uh, you know, just absolutely as vital as one can be. Uh, I know when your listeners hear this, they're going to say, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about our Lord of the resurrection. I'm talking about a child who is now 25 years old, uh, who has been given as a, a true gift. And literally, you know, as, as both my daughters are, uh, our Lord had, had so much love for us that he just decided to do the impossible. And, and I'm not saying that saying this, you know, will make your will happen, even though that was something I wanted. I am going to say, though, that for all God, all things are possible. They certainly are. And, and Corey, one of the things that occurs to me is that the Holy Spirit inspired you to express your faith through praying this novena for the nine hours and yes. for doing all the things that you needed to do to do that by setting that alarm so that you would be awake every hour uh, to be able to do that. I mean, it's it was that still small voice that was speaking to you and you were obedient to that still small voice. And so God could act. You, you showed yourself totally obedient and submissive to God. And God said, OK, it's it's like the uh, the 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 story of Abraham, how God asked him to sacrifice his son, and he was obedient to that, and God restored his son to him. And I, I thank just, you. I, I think that's that, I think that that's what I'm hearing in your story. Well, Gene, thank you so much, and you're very kind to say that. But you know, I think even that is grace, my friend. 
I think, um, you know, I, I just knew how much I loved this child, but I, I did recognize before I started that novena, I said, but Lord, I know you love my child even more. I know that than us, right? I said, I know that you love him, love her or him. And I didn't know the gender at the time. And, and, and so, you know, it was, you know, such an incredibly beautiful thing that the Lord did and was used as an inspiration for, for many other people. You know, I think uh, not only do we receive the blessing, right, but we get to share that blessing. And that blessing is to let everyone know that with God, all things are possible. Look at the miracle of, of really the, you know, the whole concept of Jesus being born, right? And, and to empty himself off, to, out to be a little child, to come to us as our Savior, to come to us as God and as man. And, and you know, Mary being able to say yes to that, you know, I mean, it, it just, I, I really believe, you know, that that's, just grace that the Lord provided me with. And, you know, I do encourage everyone out there that's listening today, especially as we go and start to move forward into the Lenten season. Wow. Uh, our Lord God, there is nothing that is not, he is the Lord of possibility and nothing is impossible for him. As a curiosity, were both, both your parents and grandparents are alive when this happened so that they could rejoice with you? Yes. So, no, uh, but my parents, yes, my parents were, so they could rejoice. My grandparents had all passed away by then. Well, so you had uh, another intercessor going along with you. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and believe me, um, my mom, uh, all right, so I got to give equal time. My mom's name is Rosemary. <laughs> uh, but, yes, she was alive, and, you know, she uh, was doing her rosaries faithfully and, you know, literally was uh, my prayer partner along with my dad and, you know, and, and my brother and, and, you know, my family. So, uh, yes, I had so much, so much support. So it wasn't just my prayer. It was the prayers of so many faithful, especially within my own family. And so there's a lot of rejoicing in the Lord when, uh, when your daughter was uh, doing somersaults in the womb. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, I'm I, I thinking of, of St. Of Saint John the Baptist, you know, in terms of how many somersaults were done when he was in the presence of Jesus. I just yeah. uh, feel that uh, my daughter, uh, you know, had felt that as well. And so, you know, it was it was remarkable. Did, did you were you uh, had you shared this uh, with some other folks and asking them to pray with you so that they could rejoice yes. and, and uh, just be amazed at what God can do? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Gene, you know, that uh, that list was pretty long and uh you know this was before um digital media right you know yes. it really had taken off and so uh we were using you know prayer teams around the you know the the, the city of waco and the prayer teams in chicago where i'm from and <laughs> relatives and aunts and, and uncles and you know we had a a force of prayer going up uh hopefully as a great incense and we know that that's what it is so we, it's not hopefully it is it is true that was a holy incense that was heading up that way to the lord <laughs> So your daughter uh, that was born as a result of this yeah. is a very special gift, and she has a call on her life, too, doesn't she? Well, actually, uh, she does. And then there's my other daughter um, who has a specific call with regards to ministry, which, um, uh, again, if, if you uh, she, she I've talked to them both about sharing this. And, you know, I have a, another little quick story that I could do shorter sure. Sure. Uh, to Go show ahead. about how that works. But let me talk about, you know, the oldest. And I, I don't mind mentioning them, their names. And I don't think that they mind at all because I, I have talked about sharing this. So my oldest daughter's name is Brianna. 
and uh, she um, is the one we're talking about. So um, she uh, has love for the Lord and, and, you know, is now working, um, had a degree. She actually had a degree from Baylor University, uh, and imagine that. She was uh, got her degree in film and digital media, so she <laughs> kind of followed in my footsteps. Oh, gosh, now, she was guaranteed an A in those classes. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I'll tell you what. I was fair. I was fair, but she worked very hard, and she's very smart. And uh, now she's working on a master's in, in business um, analytics, so she's uh, very proud of her and, and the call that she'll have in terms of, of taking her faith into the uh, industry uh, marketplace. Um, and my other daughter, uh, Gabriella, who's known as Ella here on campus, right? She um, basically... Uh, also, there was a time uh, when she had an, uh, a grave illness, and um, this is about the time that she was a, a approximately about uh, 14 years old at the time. And, um, you know, between 12 and 14 is when all this sort of manifested itself. And um, there were times when um, the doctors um, that were here were having... Um, kind of a rough time of, of seeing what else they could do to help her. And uh, the next stop was actually to um, be able to have to go to a very, very special clinic. But I really felt in my heart, the Lord was whispering to me that, no, she really needs to be here. And uh, they need to um, they need to be the ones to help minister my healing to your daughter and, and, and to his daughter, obviously. That's his creation. So um, we, again, I told my daughter I'm going to, um, to really go on a, this nine-hour novena because the next day the decision had to be made. And quickly, I'll tell you that after praying that novena again, uh, there was a small sign clinically that had to be showing up that had not been showing up for about a year, okay? Uh, and that would have, you know, I said, what if that sign shows up? You know, is that enough for you to think that we can have a breakthrough and you can continue this work here because I really felt that this team was doing an incredibly great job and I just felt she was supposed to be here and I was supposed to be very close to her during this time of healing. Uh, and sure enough, um, that happened. Uh, they could not believe it because they, they were kind of chuckling and said, yeah, that's, that's really going to happen, you know. But I said, will you? And I was pinning them down. Would you? Would you? Because I knew. I knew who I was calling upon. I knew <laughs> this intercession of our Holy Mother is strong. I knew that this childlike confidence had been so vital. And I can tell you that um, it happened. And today, uh, I, I am so thankful for the health that my, my younger daughter has. And uh, you, you were talking about the, the calling um, on both of them. So I'll just end this part by saying, uh, and most recently through an incredible formation at St. Peter's uh, Catholic Student Center, uh, right adjacent to the campus of Baylor University, um, she had discerned that um, she is now going on to become a focus missionary um, somewhere in the United States. We don't know where, to which university she'll be uh, part of that core team, but she is uh, dedicating two years of her life to uh, campus ministry to um, work for focus. Wow, that is outstanding, and it's amazing. Uh, how how uh, much did those doctors, when her healing manifested itself, how 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 much did they sort of stumble over their tongues? Oh my goodness! It, you know, I, I had a big smile uh, because we had to go back in and and had to do some checks um, that next morning. That's why it was it was vital that this throughout the night this prayer had you know was something that that you know we called upon. We called upon the, the 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 providence of God, right? So um, it was really amazing. I mean, they there was shock, shock and awe, and you know we are to have that fear of the Lord, 
And that fear of the Lord, you know, isn't that we're afraid of the punishment of hell. It's the fear that comes with awe and wonder and splendor. For God is the king of the universe, but God is our father. God, you know, is our savior. God is our wisdom. And because of the triune God that we have, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, there was there was a faith that they received as a result of this. So that's when God blesses, Gene, right? As you know, yes. he blesses to everyone. It isn't just for the one, but it's for the many. And so both of your daughters are miracle babies. They, they, they are, you know, and I am so fortunate, you know, and, and like I said, I want to reiterate, it isn't that you pray this and, you know, you get your desire. You pray this and you can know that your Lord has heard this prayer, that this prayer, the way that it's, it's um, you know, set up, has the intercession of another prayer warrior, and that is our blessed Holy Mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary. And that, you know, the Mother of God, boy, that's pretty good company. Yes, it is. Again, like you said, relatives and friends and others who have the pureness to pray for others. We're called to intercede. That's who we are called. We are called to care. And so this was remarkable because, again, it wasn't just this prayer. It wasn't just my actions. This, again, is my family. You know, this is, again, um, an incredible uh, army uh, of soldiers in Christ that are going to the battlefront and, and going, you know, right to the king of kings and saying, please, you know, hear this petition. Humbly we come before you in shock and in awe again through your holy fear. We do come, though, to know that your will be done. And, you know, really, when I pray this, Gene, I always say, Lord, first and foremost, to start the petition, I say, Lord, your will be done. May yes. your will be done. But if it please you, and if it please the intercession of our Holy Mother, this is the petition that I'm asking for. Now, did as a result of this, I, you probably developed some sort of an, another ministry beyond anything else that you were doing. Oh, Gene, I'm telling you, in the years now that have come since those two miracles in particular, right, uh, if you look at, you know, what's happened, as I mentioned, um, I have kind of a little ministry going where um, I go to Office Max and, you know, they would have me in the computer and we start, you know, spewing out about, you know, hundreds of days, and, uh, you know, and, and what I do is I have stacks and I place them in various places, you know, throughout the city or give them, um, you know, to the, the, the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men and uh, give them to, you know, have a stack of them in the chapel at St. Jerome's and, you know, wind up giving to these. Uh, what I find is people want to tell me the miracles associated with it. They, they want to share that with me, which edifies, you know, the Lord, but it also just really puts a smile and a warmth and a, a thanksgiving in my heart. Um, you know, we've had, I've had priests that have had, you know, uh, come back to me and said, you know, Corey, a, a very special intention, um, you know, for me personally had been granted by the Lord. Or you know, I had someone that I really needed to give this card to, and they want to report to you that, that you know, certain miracles have happened. And, and so I get these incredible reports. And it has become a ministry to, to foster really the trust in the Lord. You know, divine mercy, you know, Jesus, I trust in you. The, the message is, is really from Jesus is very simple here. And it really is to trust me as a child. Our world says you've got to be independent. You've got to put your shoulders back and you've got to do it your way, my way, right? 
And Jesus is saying just the opposite. He's saying, I have a way for you. And the way that I have are not your ways, but they are my ways. They are the ways of God, our Father in heaven. They are the ways of the Holy Spirit. They're the ways of Jesus. And those are the best. And our trust in being able to have the confidence to trust Jesus, we then don't have to live in anxiety of an anxiety-laden world. We then become freer from those things that bind, that bind us. We become more open, less of us, more of him. More room for the Holy Spirit comes as a direct result of trust. Well, I'd so like as, you, as oh, we, sorry. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say the last sentence of that was, as we go into Lent, I'm just prompted to really call for everyone who's listening as they prepare for a good Lenten season. Um, maybe that's one of the things Rather than giving up, or, or maybe it is part of giving up, right, uh, a part of you, less of me, more of you, dear Lord, during this time of prep as we prepare ourselves for your passion and for your holy resurrection in Easter. We've got about six or seven more minutes, and one of the things you said earlier, it's not exactly with the infant of Prague, but you, it's, it, I would like you to talk to the parents, and in particular the fathers, about pleading the blood of Jesus over their children, and that to some of us who are cradle Catholics, that may sound a little Protestant, but would you, uh, would you talk about that for just a little bit? Absolutely. And I think the heart of this is, you know, um, when you take a look at the fullness of our Catholic faith, we, you know, and, and again, Christian faith, so it doesn't have to be Catholic merely, we need to understand and study the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. Uh, a sacrifice was necessary for the atonement of sin. Uh, Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. The blood of Christ was poured forth out of the wound and out of his, his passion uh, on the cross. And that blood covering was the sign of the covenant in the Old Testament. And so there is life in the blood, which is why the demand of that was so great uh, for atonement for sins in the Old Testament, where we have Cain and Abel. One sacrifice was, was deemed as being a blessing, right? The other one was not. Uh, and, and so when we look at the sacrifice of something as precious as blood, then we know that there's power because there's power in the life giving aspects of blood. So with that in mind, one of the traditions that I have that I've done since the children were very, very little, and I remember really being inspired of this by by the father, really, of, 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 of St. Therese, right? I mean, you, you have a situation where you can place a blood covering, a sign of the cross on the forehead of your children, or if they're, if they're not wanting that and they're in distant places, just the blood covering. It's so important for, for mothers and fathers to, to plead that blood covering over their family. That is asking for the protection of the covenant of Jesus. That's asking for them to be protected from the wickedness and the snares of the devil. Uh, St. Michael the Archangel prayer is wonderful to, to invoke for that, right? To, yes. to really understand that. But that blood covering, oh, my children, I mean, I'll text them and I'll say, okay, may the sacred blood of Jesus be covered over you this day. And, and I, I really, really want to encourage uh, uh, all of our, our listeners out there to understand the power of the blood of Christ. It's so important. And you, and the, Corey, the blood of Christ comes to us when we stand beneath the cross. 
Absolutely. And so we we have to be there with Jesus, suffering with him, and just let ourselves be covered with that blood. Because as, as, as distasteful as that may seem from a human perspective, that's where our strength and salvation comes. Oh, absolutely, Gene. I couldn't have said that better myself. And, you know, the idea of really having this as, uh, as, as a practice, you know, through our Lenten observance, too, um, you know, helps us really to reflect on what that price was for us. You know, that price of Jesus, um, that, that, that was the ultimate sacrifice. And it was for us. I mean, I, I, I know it seems, you know, somewhat, oh, I can say, you know, kind of not trite, but, but, but so understood, right, that sometimes we forget um, what that price really was and how that price wasn't just for mankind or personkind, but it was for Eugene, it was for me, it was yes. for Brianna and Gabriella and for my parents, for everyone. Um, and so it, it, it is so important. We've got about three minutes left, and I want to make sure that you have an opportunity. Uh, you were telling me, I think it was yesterday, that when you finish a class, you offer about five takeaways for your students. Uh, the students who are listening to you today, what would be the takeaways you would have for them? Well, you know, uh, in the way that this works is actually I, I'm able, you know, at a university like this to uh, to really pray. Um, so, you know, one of the one of the things that um, you know I, I ask my students is, uh, who are you? You know, this is the question of Christ, right, by Pilate. And so, you know, one of the things in terms of praying for them is I pray uh, that the Holy Spirit will guide them, that the Holy Spirit will actually provide them with wisdom uh, for the next stage in their career, if they happen to be graduating, for example. Um, I pray that God would provide them with the ability to trust Him in their life, to be able to direct their path, uh, to be able to recognize the love that He has for them, that they could recognize it um, each day of their life. And so, you know, I'm, I'm thankful to be in a Christian setting here at Baylor where we can talk about faith and integrate faith and learning, you know, to that degree. So I do commission them, you know, I, I do try to send them forth, understanding that um, I, I, I will be praying for them. And I'm honest and sincere when I tell them that I'll be praying that they will have that wisdom uh, from the Holy Spirit to guide them for the rest of their lives. What encouragement do you have for our listeners who maybe are in a difficult situation right now? You know, um, the divine mercy is is something that you can turn to. It's a, it's a, a tool to recognize that uh, Jesus, who more than anyone knows um, passion, knows the difficulty um, of this world, of this life, um, you are not without a God who has compassion. Um, you are not without a God who has enormous gifts for you. Uh, this is a time to to have childlike confidence um, and recognize that even if your desire, um, you know, is not uh, apparent in terms of the answer that you get from the prayers that you have, it's not that God has ignored that. It's that God has answered, but he may have answered in a way that maybe just like we say in Corinthians, said in Corinthians, we see dimly now, but in the future we'll see, we'll see greater. But, you know, my parents always told me, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Yes. Thank you and, so much, Corey. I'm, I'm, I hate to interrupt you, but we're out of time. Oh, no I problem. appreciate so much your being my guest today. And I, I know it's been of a tremendous benefit to our 
listeners. Again, it's been Dr. Corey Carbonara from Baylor University. And to our listeners, as I tell you every time I'm on, when choosing between the values of heaven and the values of earth, always round up. Thank you so much. You, you uh, I didn't have to do any work today. Oh, <laughs> you're too kind. No.